0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. I wonder where you were 20 years ago. I wonder where you were 20 years ago before this couple cruised into town. And uh, where, were you, where were you 20 years ago? And um, I think looking at you, you're all born. <laughs> and so, um, but somewhere along the line, your life was impacted. And now you're sitting here today, a part of this great church. Isn't that amazing? What happens in your life? What happens in your life? And all those amazing memories that you create along the way. Uh, Ruth and I were just driving over through Allen last, yesterday. We were to fly up here, actually. We were to fly. We had a plane's tickets to fly from Manchester, where we're living at the moment, to Aberdeen. And we got a text 15 minutes before the taxi was, because we lived so close to the Manchester airport. A text to say, your flight is cancelled. I thought, oh, man because yeah, we were having snow, like six inches of snow came in about six or seven hours. So. Manchester, I mean, Aberdeen would be easy for you guys, but they don't know down there what to do with <laughs> all this <that> snow. <laughs> yeah, so they said, you can rebook. So I went straight on really quick, rebooked. I, and I got. A, I said, Ruth, I've rebooked for two and a half hours later. Fantastic, no trouble. And um, anyway, booked another taxi. Come and um, get the airport, check our luggage and all these other people, all very upset because they didn't rebook. And, um, and I rebooked and put the luggage on, put the thing on, go forward into, into departure. We're in the departure lounge having a Costa Coffee, waiting for our, our plane to leave. And they said they're, some of they're, they're, they're mentioning some flight delayed. I said, cancelled. I said, what's our flight number? Um, uh, that's ours. Our second <laughs> flight had just got cancelled. They said, oh, you can go and pick up your luggage if you like. So my luggage still had Aberdeen written on it. <laughs> so I picked up my luggage and I said to Ruth, this is not going to stop us. We're driving up. <laughs> We're driving up. So we, did, we, we got a taxi back to the house again. <laughs> and Ruth said, you got, we'll, have, we'll have a cup of tea. No time for a cup of tea. We've got to go. <laughs> so we hopped in the car and, and away we went. And um, we wouldn't want to miss it because we didn't want to miss this end. <laughs> And just in case more snow come in and we, we didn't want to be stranded in Manchester when there's a party happening in Aberdeen. And so, uh, wow, well, 20 years is amazing, isn't it, what has happened? So um, tonight will be a great time of celebration. But I just honor you guys and I honor Kevin and Cheryl and the effect of their lives is extraordinary. To Denmark, to Thurzo, to you put that same spirit in in Andrew and Katrina. Some people wouldn't even cross the road. And other people like Andrew and Katrina, I'm mean, going to can dry, you know because they're driven by a vision and passion and appreciation and you know that's they're special people like people like that that just that it doesn't matter what what price has to be paid let's just do it and um just to be here for tonight isn't that amazing yeah. uh, just because they appreciate but the effect of Kevin and Cheryl's life to across scotland in and in in, in in um inverness and dundee and Denmark and Thurso and Aberdeen, and man, these are good days. I'm just amazed. I'm coming up here thinking, wow, hasn't the effect of these couple coming up here since, since Cheryl wept that tear that I've spoken about all over the world of a pastor and his wife who had never been to Aberdeen. I drove here and as she came over the hill, I still don't know which hill it was. Come over, because I haven't seen a hill. <laughs> as she came over the hill and looked at Aberdeen. was It just in the spirit, was it? And, and how uh, and she wept for the city. I, I've told that story, I could tell it better than you. I've told it so many times of the passion of our pastors when they go out to plant. When they look at their city and they weep for their city. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> anyway, but God is so good, amazing. We'll have a great time tonight. You know, uh, i got to send this photograph. Um, oh, I, I should have sent this, this photograph. Maybe I sent it to Kevin. I'm not sure. See that broken leg of that man here. He's our leader of 43,000, forty-three thousand, forty-four thousand people in his churches in Bangladesh, and um, and he was water baptizing people about about a month ago, and um, and some fundamentalist people come, beat him up, smashed his kneecap, and um, he leaders. He's he's got um, two hundred and Think uh, about 200 and something churches he leads, and um, and uh, he's led every single one of those 40, 44, uh, 44, 43,000 people he's led to the Lord. They did not come from Christian homes. Um, they did not come from Christian homes. They were water baptised. They broke in and and um, smashed him, smashed his leg and his kneecap. Anyway, isn't that amazing? That's a, There are people that we have around the world. Hey, that's in Bangladesh, 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 Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Isn't that amazing? I, 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 I just love these guys. I've got such love in my heart for this guy. He writes to me the most amazing emails. Dear, respected, um, um, beloved, father, apostle, pastor, Ashley. It's like he gives me about six titles before he gets to my name. I wrote, told my Aussie friends down there, I said, listen, I want a bit more respect like these guys from Bangladesh. <laughs> I, want some, I want some titles before my name. So then Jeff Woodward one day wrote me this big long email with all these names before my name. <laughs> I should have kept it and framed it. <laughs> anyway, I just, I just, it's amazing how the gospel is going into so many countries and so many places and there's no place too hard. And Kevin's praying for a move of God and i I really believe there's a move of God coming to this country. A move of God. I I remember in this morning of, of back in, I know it's a long time ago, but before, just the, the six months before we came to Britain, we had a guy in our church that always liked to prophesy. He always liked to prophesy. Every, he prophesied every Sunday morning for six months, the same prophecy. And in the end, I thought, man, the record's stuck. can you give us something else? And he said it was always get ready. I'm about to move. I'm gonna breathe by my spirit upon you. And it was like, get ready, there's a new move of the Spirit coming. And and he got, and all that for six months and I thought, Oh, how much longer are we gonna wait? I oh, mean, it's every Sunday like for like twenty Sundays and, and then finally it whoosh came. It just came like a a, a a a hurricane upon our church. Our church was normally like like an hour and three quarters we would run for church and but this next that Sunday, it went for six hours. I mean, it went for six hours. You couldn't stop because nobody was preaching. I mean, people were stuck on the wall. They were stuck. They were, they were, I mean, the feet were on the ground. But they were just, they were like, it was like the move, the, the, the spirit just like, it came so heavy. I saw a guy, he couldn't get off the floor. He was on the floor for three hours and he couldn't get off the floor. He said, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. His arms and legs were going like a cockroach on the ground. And, and he's like, his back's on the, on the, and you don't even know what a cockroach is up here, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, because in Australia, we used to have big cockroaches, big as, like, oh, I'm a lot that big. but <laughs> And he was, I mean, people were, he was stuck on the floor and it was like, and it was, it was amazing. And it went for six hours and, and like, and, and the breath of heaven just was astounding and And he prophesied for six months, and just kept on, and just and then one day, one day, it just went and turned lives upside down radically transformed people. People were never the same again. Uh, it was like it, 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 it touched my heart that was in I know it's a long time ago, but it was in may thousand nine hundred and ninety three touched my heart I arrived here on the eighth of June thousand nine hundred and ninety three I was, on the, I, was, I was on the plane coming over and I thought, man, I was, this is what I said. I said, Lord, if you don't do something like coming like this, what just happened in Australia, I'm heading back to Australia. I mean, I'm not going to come to some dry, barren old land. I mean, I miss out on what they're having it down there. So, I'm on, and then, then within the first meeting, we arrived. And then God's just started to move. I was like, it was amazing. It was like, and then all of a sudden, people being touched. People were driving sometimes to early meetings down there in Brighton. I was driving from Birmingham to Brighton for a night meeting. From from Bristol to Brighton for a night meeting. I mean, we had people, at midweek, I mean, sometimes people don't even want to come at midweek. We would have like 10 carloads from London would come from midweek. I mean, people say there's no, people don't have time, but, but they find time when they get touched by God. A fine time. It's like, it was amazing. It was, a, it was so, it was like, whoosh. I was telling someone last night how there's these four guys came from Lewis, just outside of Brighton, for a midweek meeting. They'd never seen us before. They'd never been to our meeting. Kevin and Cheryl knows what the meetings were like. And these guys, four guys came to the meeting. Anyway, the after the meeting, they were so stunned, so shocked at the meeting that they got in the car and didn't say a word until they got back. And they were getting out of the car. And they were like... Well, we couldn 't go back for at least a month <laughs> by Monday afternoon they rang each other up and said when's the next meeting <laughs> because they got you know what it just it, it shocked them, but it stirred them, and uh, we need to be stirred to to, 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 to want god and um so uh, i'm I'm really excited i i really i I agree with what Kevin says that there's going to be a move of God, and you know you've got to position yourself and i 'm going to speak on that this morning, on, on attracting God's favor to your life. Um, but also, just because I um, mentioned, I know the a leadership summit, but we'll be back for the leadership summit in another month's time. Do come to it, and um, it's just not on once a year, but uh, we'll have a fantastic time together. Attracting God's favor. You know, I believe it's really important to, uh, to be in a position, your spirit and your heart, your life, in line to attract God's favor to your life. I I want to see our people get blessed. I want to see blessings come upon our people. That you stand out from the crowd of the blessing of God, the crowd of people of Aberdeen, of crowd of people of Britain, of the world, that the church, God wants to bring blessings upon his people. And, and I, re- I want to speak today about a man called Cornelius. And I've been looking at this man's life, and I've been drawn to his life because... He occupies, him and his family, and his quest for God occupy the entire chapter 10 of the book of Acts. The, 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 the Acts church, the, the, when the early church was birthed, Cornelius' quest from God from the first verse to the last verse is about his quest for God and God coming and touching his life and his household. And I think there's something that you can learn from somebody like that because the move of God came to his family. And and you can say, oh, well, it was just um, predestined to happen to him. I don't think it was when you think and look. He did something in his life to attract God's favor to his life. He, He positioned himself when God, you know, we know that he was the first Gentile to... To uh believer. We know that his family was the first Gentile. We know it like he was the 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 icebreaker as it would be for the Gentile church. Because up until that time it was all Jewish. And uh and and it was Cornelius's, but it was but it just it, it he positioned himself. There was something amazing about the man's life, and I want to go through some of those because I think that we can learn a lot from people who really touch God. I often think about What was it about Zacchaeus? You know, there's probably lots of people up the tree that day when Jesus was walking down the roads of of Jericho. There's probably a lot of people up there in the tree there. But but there was something that caused the Son of God to stop that day. There was something that caused Jesus to stop. What was it? If you can ask yourself the deeper question, surely you can learn something from that, that, that what was it? About was it because he was a short man? Well, there's probably a lot of short people, so it wasn't just that he was a short man. <laughs> you know, maybe it wasn't just because he was up a tree because there was probably other people up a tree. He probably got the idea from somebody else. So there's probably other people up trees. There was other short people there, and uh, so so was it because he was a man? No, there's lots of men there. There was you got to isolate it down and so said there had to be something about his life that caused the feet of the Son of God to stop. Yeah. What was it? You know, what was it special about Peter? What was it that he, he just jumped out of the boat and, uh, and, and walked on the water? And then he got wet and everyone laughed at him. Ha, 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 you got wet. <laughs> but there was something that caused him that caused him to get out the boat and to walk on the water. What was it that, it, that it was in Peter's heart that attracted Jesus to him? Because Jesus was attracted to something that was in Peter's life, he says. And, and what was it about John that was different to Peter? And, and what was it about John's life that Jesus was attracted to? So if you ask the deeper questions, and you can think that you know there's reasons why there's there's that the, the God gets attracted to people's lives. I, I think about Paul. What was it about Paul? What was it so special about him that he wrote two thirds of the New Testament? That that what was it? He was a he was a murderer, yet Jesus came and touched his life, but and and turned his whole life around. And 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 uh, what was it about him? Let's ask the deeper questions and. And but what was it about Cornelius? Because I believe if you align yourself to God's ways and attract Him, favor will come to your life. There will be if you align your heart and, and to the to the, the qualities that attracts God, it's like a magnet. It's like, you know, I used to play with magnets at school when I was bored. I'd take my magnet in my pocket, and I'd be there playing with the magnet while the teacher was talking about waffling on about something. And I'd have a pin, and I had my magnet. I'd, I'd run around on the table with my magnet. I could make a pin stand up. And if I' meant my mag in a certain way, I could make the pin jump on its end, jump, 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 jump. <laughs> when I should have been learning French, was actually I was actually, <laughs> actually led my magnet there. It was attracted to it, and I, I felt really smart. <laughs> I didn't end up smart when I didn't learn the lesson. <laughs> but but the, 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 something gets attracted to the magnet, and you get, you get God wants to get attracted to your life to this. What was it? What was it about Mary, for example, that attracted the favor of God to her life? That's probably a quite amazing thing, that Mary became the, the one that bore Jesus into the world. What was it about her life? It must have been something amazing. She must have been an amazing woman. So align yourself. So let's look at Acts chapter 1. And there was a, uh, sorry, not Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 10, verse 1. And there was a certain man in Caesarea. Caesarea, by the way, is a, was a ancient, was a, was, a, was, a, was a city on the coast of Israel. Um, uh, it was a major city on the coast of Israel. And, uh, and uh, there's a, a man called Cornelius and a centurion. That means he was in, in, the, it was in the Italian regiment. He was, like, he was an army man in the Italian regiment. From, and um, a devout man and one who feared God with his household. Who gave arms its charitable giving generously uh, to the people and prayed to God always. Now the guy is not even born again. The guy's not a believer, yet he's praying to God always. I find that absolutely astounding, that he had not accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior, yet he's praying to God and he's given generously to the people. It's not just that that he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, he actually finds Christ later on in that chapter. But he's praying with the sincerity of his heart, that there must be a God out there that has made us and He's God, if you're out there. I remember when I prayed that prayer myself, I I shouted out one day, years ago, when I was on the farm as a as a on the tractor late night, late at night. I said, God, if you're out there, <laughs> please show me where you are. <laughs> show me that you're real. I shouted out in the night sky when I'm I got desperate. You probably did something like that too. You're like you cry out and you're God if you're real I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that you were real I want to know that you're real God you know within two weeks I was baptized in the Holy Spirit within two weeks within two weeks how is that how is that happened I'm out there in the middle of the night sky of was i and crying out of the tractor like about midnight going on the tractor and, and, and within two weeks I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit is God real Turned my whole life around. When sold all my cattle, all that go to the meatworks. Sorry, boys, you've got to go to the meatworks on it. Sorry, cattle, you've got to pay the price. <laughs> but they <laughs> didn't see the funny side of it, but anyway. <laughs> but but devout man. But he was a devout man. He was sincere man. This Cornelius was sincere that the Bible says he was a sincere man, a devout man who feared God. There was a reverence in his heart for God. He prayed. He gave giving. And, uh, and he prayed. And then God says to him, when he observed him, sorry, he said uh, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly a vision. And God's this is when God gets attracted to him, a vision. And the angel of God and said to him, Cornelius, and he observed him and he was afraid and he said what is it Lord and he said your prayers and your arms have come up as a memorial before God now the guy's not even yet a believer born again believer and yet his giving has come up as a memorial now I think all of us have walked the streets of different towns and cities and and villages, and we've seen war memorials or memorials to somebody, and we've looked and we've paused and we've looked at a memorial as to why this memorial is here, and we've seen different. There's different different reasons why a memorials there, and and you read it, it's always like this reverence comes over your heart when you read the the text of some memorial. But but this is a memorial come up before God. This is the angel says that God is is like walking the streets of heaven. And he pauses because he looks at something that's come before him. See, memorial is something that is built. It's it's there that you you look at, you observe, you read. But the Bible says a memorial has come up to God. The angel says a memorial has come up. So imagine God is walking the streets of heaven and something comes up before him that he pauses, he looks at, he looks at and he thinks about what is written there on the memorial, and it's the life of Cornelius. Hey, come on. This is how to attract the favor of God to your life. It had caused what, what he was doing. He wasn't actually written in the Lamb's book of life yet. His name was not written there. But there was something that it was drawing God to his life. I think that has to have been something like that happened in my life when I was out there desperate, when I was looking there and saying, God, what is it? I said, uh, I said to Ruth one day, look, I've never been really depressed. I said, look, look oh, I don't know what I'm here for. What am I here for? What am I here on this earth for? There must be a purpose for me. Ruth said, well, read Hebrews. I said, read Hebrews? What's Hebrews, man? Hebrews, bring me some coffee. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, Ruth <laughs> it's like, but, but, but it was like, I, we said, read this Christian book or this Christian book. She was trying to help me, but it was—I was just like, there must be a purpose why I'm here. And this—and this—it came up as a memorial. I think this is amazing that Cornelius is a Roman citizen in the army. He's obviously a disciplined man because I found this that army men are disciplined. My, I had an army man. He's a captain in the U.S. Army. It was my son-in-law. He was—he was—he is was an army man. He's not now. He's left the army. And he's about to start working for NATO, but, uh, but that's not as in the army so much. He's working more in his intelligence. I suppose it is like the army, but it's not really an army. <laughs> but anyway, but he was an army member. The army people are so disciplined. You know, if you want to attract the favor of God to your life, get disciplined in your life. You can't just wait there and just wait there. I'm just waiting for God. Well, actually, God's waiting for you. You just can't. Well, I'm just, I'm just you know, you've got, you got to get some, get disciplined in your life. You know, disciples, what does a disciple, he's a disciplined one. So this guy's disciplined. He's, a, he's the army man. He's in, he's a sincere and he's reverent to God. He's a he's a giver of finances. He understands giving. He understand, You know, giving is a, a spiritual thing. It's a, something that releases a heart. You know, think about children now. Children are sometimes the most selfish people. That's children are just little takers, aren't they? <laughs> They're just little takers. Like like there's there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a, a recording somewhere of me when I was about five years of age when cameras were just invented. And um, of me as a little boy having a cowboy suit on, a cowboys thing on that I got for my Christmas present. And I'm there saying, throw all my presents over here. This is what I, this is what I said. I said, little, little boy, throw all my presents. Little taker I was, really. You know, just give me, give me, give me, give me all my presents. But do you know the greatest joy is when you're at Christmas time and it's not what you get, it's what you give. And you look at the response of someone else when they're opening your present that you bought for them. And I want to say that giving is a spiritual thing that we are made to do that brings release. And, and because God is in God's heart, He is a giver. He gave His only begotten Son. God is a giver. So giving in our heart is something spiritual that brings release and joy and happiness. And, and so this man was already tapping into principles of God that he was, already up, he was already in the flow of giving. Isn't that amazing? I just think that this, this guy is so amazing. I want to say to your heart, to you, because there's something in the heart of humanity that can be selfish, that we never grow up, that we stay as those little children, that we are little takers, that when you come to church, be a giver in church. Don't just be a taker. Don't just be a moaner and a complainer, but be a giver. Be a giver of finance. Be a giver of joy. Be a giver of encouragement. Be a giver in your spirit. It's a it's a spiritual thing, and um, but he's also a man of prayer. He's a man of prayer. This guy, you can see the qualities that's over his life, and you see, I I, I want these qualities all in my life because I want to see that flavor, favor of God, that God just drawing. That's what I think is that what Christians need. I I really believe. That that God wants to bless his people. He he wants to bless his people. And so why don't let us believe for that blessing? Let us believe for that favor. I remember when my daughter, my daughter, I'm gonna be a granddad this year. I'm so excited about it. I sent a text to my daughter. um, happy Mother's Day to the mother of my grandchild. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's my daughter because <laughs> she's carrying my grandchild I thought I'm so excited about it and um, anyway when she went for her job she worked for a big aeronautics company she deals with selling helicopters and aeroplanes and stuff like that for, for her, um, all these sort of stuff she deals, I was at her house the other day she said I've got to get to work I'm, I've got to, I'm expecting a call from the Singapore government what are you going to tell them? I don't know. She said, they just want to ask me some questions. I thought, oh, man, I'd like to be a fly on the wall and listen to what you're saying to the Singapore government. And um, anyway, but, um, and then she went to infringement for this job. I said, do you, you, know, do you think, she said, oh, she had this little mistake, but she said, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether, I don't know nothing about airplanes. I said, well, but, but you can learn, you know. And, and and so she went for this job, and she got the job. It was like, I didn't know when she went for it. She didn't. I don't know whether I don't know whether I can do it. I said, of course you can, Of course you can. You know, you're as smart as anybody else, smarter. <laughs> you know, you got to expect blessing. Yeah. You have got to expect blessing. They interviewed her, and you know what? This, if you'll ever think about getting a job, this is one of the best things. This is a little bit of practical, right? She went to a job, and like she knew nothing at not all about these airplanes, nothing. Apart from flying them. but she, Anyway, she's they're interviewing her for this job. And at the end of the job, I just think this is an amazing response of my daughter. At the end of it, and she knew, you know, it was like she had legal qualification, but not like aeroplanes. Anyway, and then at the end of the job, um, she, she was so smart. She was so smart. She said, she said so just so I know for the future, um, is there anything that you thought I could be lacking in my in my CV about for this job today and what it did was it made them actually say what they were thinking right and, and they just looked at her and they said well actually you're a little bit light on experience in this field and then what it did was it let her have the last say and she just leant forward and she said I really feel as though I'm up for a new challenge <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so smart to say in an interview for a job what it did was it gave her the last say. Otherwise, they would have gone away and still set it behind there. Behind, they would in closed doors. They would have had to Well, she's a little bit of light on experience. and it? it actually put her on the front foot. So I really feel okay. That's nice. They gave a job. They didn't interview anybody else. They gave her the job. <laughs> so, so Deuteronomy chapter two verse two says, "And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God." That's the promise for you. That's the promise for you. They literally overtake you. They overtake you. You, you look in the rear vision mirror and blessings are putting their blinkers on. They're indica- we call them blinkers in Australia. Indicators on. And they want to pass you to get to the location you're going before you get there. That's what it means. They get there before you get there. Our, where we're living in Manchester, we're just renting a house and we're um, down there in Manchester for a year and then we go back to Brighton. But we, the people of the house have sold our house and, and, and so we've got to move the house. And anyway, this guy, the guy who's selling, who owns our house said, look, Ashley, I, I, I don't want to tell you where to go, but I've got friends who want to, who have a house that you could rent. I said... I don't worry about it, Peter. I was a little bit annoyed with him because he sold his house and I've got to find another house. He said, and he rang back again, the owner of our house. He said, look, I don't want to annoy you about it. Our friends of mine have got a house that I'm sure you would enjoy living in. I said, okay, Peter, I'll go and look at this here. These people had already decided they wanted to give us the house, for us to live in their house, before we got there. We arrived at their house, these other people, never seen them before. Come on in. You want something to eat? Come on in. And it's like, look, we really want you in our house, to live in our house, because we're going to go to Australia for a year, and we need somebody, and we know how much you look after a house, because our friends have said, and we would, just, we would drop the rent, and you just come here and live. And it's like, it's like I said a Ruth, the blessing got there before us. It's like, we, we hadn't even seen these guys. They had decided. No matter what these guys look like, no matter what this Ashley and Ruth look like, we want them in our house. They had decided that. The blessings arrived before we got there. You know, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that. So that when you go for a job into you, the favor of God will go before you. Believe for that. So I've heard people say, you know, this is, I've heard people say that money is not important to them. We have a guy that was in our Brighton church. He said to his wife, is that the time I've got to finish? Crikey. I've got thirty seconds. Keep <laughs> going. Come, I'm thrown out. I don't have You know what he said? This guy in our Brighton church said when he's when he getting when he's getting married to his wife. He said, "Look, you, you know, don't you ever expect to have any money because you're marrying me." That's what he said to. That's what he said to his wife. He must have said it shortly after she was married, otherwise she wouldn't have married him. <laughs> I mean, he said never. You know, you've got to understand. Marrying me, you'll never have any money. What a thing to say! That's that's what he said to his wife. Come on, somebody said money's not important. Well, if money's not important to you, give it to me. <laughs> 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 I mean, some people. Oh, yeah, you don't really have to choose. You know, some people like, say, "Oh, I want happiness." Well, you can't actually have both. You know, <laughs> um, you know, some people—it's like they're so—you know, you have a bit of spine in you. You need finance. You know, this man over there, Bangladesh—he is so, oh man, a little bit of money. They, you know, he has. Oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't. I'll tell you another time. Okay, <laughs> leadership. Someone tell you. You know, I've travelled through villages in many countries, and I used to travel the Solomon Islands and. I used to come to a village which was a gospel preaching village. And when I came to that village, I would go by truck sometimes and I arrived at this village and I'd have. And and the churches in the place where, where, where there were villages where the full gospel was preached, there was a life in people's eyes and a joy in their face. The houses were cleaner, the, everything was more maintained. I would go to another village where the full gospel was not preached. They might have been Christian by name, but not gospel by believing. And there was a darkness that was over the village. It was like the people were grotty and it wasn't the same. Because I believe really the Bible is is that God's blessing comes upon people when their heart is in faith with God. And, and everything changes around their life. They, everything God wants to change every area of our life to bring blessings to our life. And, and and Cornelius, the Bible says in, in, in Acts chapter ten, verse twenty-two. And Cornelius, and, and they they came because Peter's in in Joppa, which is another city on the coast, and there's and there's um, um, Caesarea, and there's like a day and a half walk between them. And so Philip, ha- um, Peter has a vision. And in this vision, Cornelius, and and, and he has also a vision. Cornelius a centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and hear these words. Then he invited him in and lodged them. And the next day Peter went out with them and some brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day they entered Caesarea. This is like four days later. And Caesarea, this is from when they left to when they came back again, and Cornelius was waiting for them, and had called together his relatives and his close friends. Ah, uh, and he, Peter was coming in. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. Now, well, not a good idea to worship um, Corn, um, Peter, but 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 the atmosphere. This Cornelius had good relationship with his friends and relatives. For four days they were gathering together. The 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 environment of faith of expectancy. Cornelius has fasted totally the whole last four days. Since he, had the first, since he had the vision and he sent, he believed in fasting. He was praying. He had good relationships with his family and friends. I want to tell you, relationships with family and friends is very, very important. I'm amazed how many people just fall out with family. Don't fall out with family. Family is the people closest to you. You need relationships with family. You need relationships with friends. And, and they in, invited them all to his house. Maybe they were sleeping everywhere, everywhere on the couch. How long, Cornelius, how long is it until these guys come back? I don't know, but we're staying in here. We're fasting. And man, they're, they're laying everywhere in the house and they're waiting for God to come. And Cornelius says, I don't know what it's going to look like, but something's going to happen when Peter comes to this house. I don't know what it's going to look like, but something is going to happen. Because God has told me. To go get this man. I tell you, this is the expectancy. Have an expectancy in your heart. You know, fast and pray. And and align your heart like Cornelius. Because God, this is what I love about this. Um, Peter's in Joppa. He gets a vision from God. That there's people here waiting that want me to go to Caesarea. Down at the other end, down there a a couple of days away, Cornelius is having a vision you know what? I have found this. I have found this. That, that when you're aligned to God's purposes, God brings divine connections to your life. I have no doubts. And we were laughing about it last night and how 20 years ago, how, how Kevin, I said, Kevin, you must have been so just waiting and ready to go because as soon as we hit the ground over here in England, we meet up with Kevin and Cheryl about, man, you know what? You know what it was? They had aligned themselves with God's purposes we're, over here. We're like Peter and Joppa over here, and he's like Cornelius and Mrs. Cornelius. <laughs> and, and they're there. And, and you know what? It brought this divine connection because Peter brought blessings over Cornelius' family and over his household. And it brought divine connection. Believe that God will give you divine connections to bring blessings over your family. I have no doubt been even a, being a part of this church brings divine connection and blessing over your life and over your family. This is what happened here. It was more divine connection. We don't know what happened in the long term of relationships between Peter and Cornelius. We don't even know what happened to Cornelius' life after this. What happened when he went back to Rome? What happened to all of his family? You know what? Heaven will tell us some amazing stories. What happened to this amazing family of Cornelius, this army man, who all of his family Maybe there's some little children there. All of his family that got touched, that became pastors and leaders, and, that went out over, over, over to Rome and had churches. We don't know that. We don't know what happened to them. But I tell you what, when I get to heaven and I meet Cornelius, I want to find out, what did you do after Acts chapter? What did you do after Acts 10? Tell me what happened to your life. Tell me what happened. What happened to your children? Give me a list, Cornelius, of all your children. Tell me what happened to your children. Your neighbors, your friends that you invited to that house. Man, it must have been some meeting when Peter walks in. Peter walks in, there's expecting for four days. Man, they are just like there's like a it's like an atmosphere, like a, a gas cooker that's been left on. <laughs> and it's like for four days the gas, gas cooker's left on there. It's like, man, their prayers, they're hungering for God. Peter walks in, He only starts speaking, and they all start speaking in tongues and the presence and the Holy Ghost comes into the house. You know, it didn't happen by accident. You know, the gas cooker didn't get put on by accident. Cornelius put it on. He put the gas cooker on his heart. He left it on. He's hungry for God. Let's live hungry for God. This didn't happen by accident. by Cornelius. Dig deeper. Look at the amazing quality of his life. He's a prayer. He's reverent. He understands authority. He understands divine connections. He understands respect. Maybe he shouldn't have fell down and worshipped people. But get up and don't worship me. But, you know, get up, get up. <laughs> and and, and I don't know. Tell me about Jesus. I don't know about him anyway. I just know that there's an angel came and told me about you. And this, this and all of a sudden it all falls into line. And Cornelius and his household get saved, and baptized. And the, and, 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 the, and the Gentile church is birthed amazing. If that could happen for Cornelius, what could happen in your life? We're looking at here, what's happened in this couple's life in the last 20 years? What's happening? What's happened to their life and their numbers of people? Because I've been coming up this church for 20 years. Six times in 12 months, this last 12 months, by the way. (laughs) Between weddings and stuff like that and all these. Six times, a lot of times I'm traveling through up here. And, But I have seen the hundreds and hundreds of people over the years that have sat in these seats, that have gone back to America and gone to other countries and studied here at university and gone anywhere and everywhere. And you know what? One day when we get to heaven, we'll see the full effect of this great church. The full effect. Of people whose lives were touched and fired up in this place. And they've gone somewhere else. Just like Cornelius' children and the neighbor's children. They've gone somewhere else and their lives were impacted forever. Yeah. This is not some small thing that God is doing here. Yeah. He's affected people's lives. Hundreds and hundreds of lives that have gone on. Probably gone on to thousands of lives. Just as a result only of this place. You know. Because God's into it. God birthed this. So let's stand up. Let's stand up. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.